0: Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani back with another edition of DC and Hawani. Of course, uh, this week, DC is off. He's getting some much-needed time off. He had a very busy Saturday night, so we've got funky Ben Askren filling in, and we got a lot to talk about coming off UFC 252. Very excited about this week's episode. I'm also excited about the NBA playoffs, which kick off on Monday. I can't consume enough nba content these days whether it's watching the games or listening to all the great pods here at espn and at the top of that list is the great hoop collective podcast hosted by the one and only brian Windhorst, aka windy one of the best minds in the nba world on monday's episode he and his guest preview the aforementioned nba playoffs which as i said i am very excited for so give the hoop collective a listen but only do it after you listen to today's show. All right? Reminder, as always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's
1: MMA Show.
0: Back in your life. On this Monday, August 17th, 2020, hello again everyone, I hope you're doing well, welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani presented by Modelo, Modelo Especial, Root for those with a fighting spirit. That is not DC, that is Ben Askren, I am Helwani, Aria Helwani, and as you probably know, Daniel Cormier uh, is taking some time off, unfortunately for him, it did not go his way, uh, this past Saturday night in Las Vegas. He lost for unanimous decision to Stipe Mijatich. An absolutely amazing fight. Back and forth they went and went the distance. We have so much to discuss from the fight itself to DC's future, to the eye injury, to Stipe's future, to the rest of the cards. So much going on coming off of Saturday night in Las Vegas. But first off, Ben, thank you so much for doing this. Welcome back.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I watched USU 252. Obviously, I was You know, I I think you're a real journalist, so you can't be disappointed by the outcome. But I will say I was disappointed by the outcome. Obviously, I was cheering for Daniel. Uh, Steve is a nice guy. I like him, but I did want Daniel to win. And, uh, you know, he fought hard, didn't go his way, and that was unfortunate.
0: Okay, so let's talk about a few of those things. Um, Yes, you are very close. You've known Daniel longer than I have. Uh, When you see him lose, and especially lose like that uh, with the messed up eye and all that, and, and knowing that it was the retirement fight. Saturday night, like when you turned off the TV, how did you feel?
1: Um, you know what? It was it, it, it. was a mix. Obviously, I was sad, but at the same time, it was one of those things that uh, he's accomplished so much. It's almost hard to see anything that he does as a failure. You know, I mean, the guy's been multiple time UFC champion, multiple time Olympian, and so you know, for me, it was just like, man, you've done it all. Congra- you know, almost just like congratulations. No, I'm, I know you're not happy, but I hope you can look back, look back at everything, and be really pleased with what you've been able to accomplish.
0: I see some people saying like that. You know, it's amazing how people change narratives after one. Another. Like going into a fight or going into a game, a match, whatever. There's a certain narrative you lose, and now it's like, you know what. This guy was always the bridesmaid. You know what? This guy's Mr. Second Place. You know what? Mm-hmm. Actually, he didn't really beat that good fight. You know, like every time he beat the good guy or, or fought the good guy, John Jones, Stipe, he lost. Is that fair? Do you think that this is a fair thing to say about him at this point?
1: Um, I Shit, I forgot to lock my door. Can I? Is that me? Chase again? No, it's not.
0: This is real. Yeah, he's he's right. pranking me again. This right. guy. Ready? Was, is okay. this part
1: two of the prank? No, it's not. All right, um, is Chase still there, by the way. <laughs> he's not. He went home last week.
0: Unbelievable! Okay. You guys were just
1: uh, reveling in your big prank uh, all week that long. Was so good, we got you so good. Um, no, I listen. That's human nature. That's human nature. And everyone, a lot of people get scared to take something on because they think that it may, might fail at some point. And the truth of the matter is, even someone like Daniel, who think about what he's accomplished. Like I said, two time Olympian, UFC champion, multiple times. Strike force champion, um, people will still, some way, find a way to fight, call him a failure. Like, think about the insanity of that. It is totally crazy and insane to call that man a failure because of what he's accomplished, but people will find a way to do it. So, that is just human nature. So,
0: I said this on Saturday, and I believe it. I don't think that Daniel was fighting for his legacy on Saturday. I think his legacy was already secured. A, a, a win or a loss on Saturday doesn't have anything to do with the previous championships and all the big fights. I think what he was fighting for was to be included in the conversation with a select few amount of athletes who retired on top with championships, right? Mm-hmm. I know you're not a big sports fan, but I'm talking about guys like, you know, Pete Sampras, Ray Lewis, Bill Russell, Peyton Manning, yeah. John Elway, yeah. uh, two former heavyweight champions in the boxing world, Lennox Lewis, Mar- Rocky Marciano, George those Saint guys. Pierre. George St. Pierre. Those guys retired on top, right? And that's what he was yes. fighting for. He was fighting to be included in that convo. But as far as the MMA legacy is concerned, Oof. that was set a long time ago, in my opinion. It was set after he, his legacy, as far as MMA is concerned, was set when he knocked out Stipe. Double champ. Uh, that's you did interesting. It. You don't think so?
1: Um uh i would say like is he is he great of course yeah of course right that's he was kind of in that in that upper tier but i thought if he beat stepe he would have a real legitimate argument to being like literally the best of all time i know people will scoff at that and say john jones beat him man i i listen i don't want to take the time to crap on john jones but he's failed multiple drug tests who knows? you know and that kind of leads you to question like well what else was he on right and so I feel like, you know, just like Lance, and it was, I don't have anything against Lance, actually. I'm kind of a fan of Lance. I'm trying to spite everything. Um, but it makes you think, could he have done that? And the answer is maybe. There's a chance, right? But could he have? And I feel the same way about John Jones. So I almost take those off the board just because of those tests. And so I really feel like if Daniel would have won on Saturday night, you could make a really good argument. Now, could you make an argument for Khabib? Yes. George, yes. Right? But there was an argument to be made.
0: Do you feel comfortable putting him in the top five? all time
1: oh that's tough i'd want to sit down and write a diagram and and mark it all down well who is your Uh, top
0: three who's your top three well
1: Well, let's start with one probably khabib or george who's yours george george i'll say i'll say george for now but it definitely i think khabib wins a couple more he's definitely there i mean the, the one big thing that the knock on khabib is that um he hasn't beaten another really big name right i mean mcgregor but for whatever reason people don't really consider mcgregor the greatest um you know i think the argument could be made for mcgregor because he was the first one to win at two different weight classes so that was really huge for him obviously um but i think george, yeah i'll go george also
0: so, so oh you're going okay so you'll go george for now then habib who's three?
1: Oh my goodness you put me on the spot here yeah <laughs> that's what, what we do here, here okay it's so tough I mean, John... This is not one of your like, rinky-dink
0: podcasts. I don't listen to We ask the tough questions.
1: You could, you could, uh, man, you could also obviously make an argument for John. I know I made an argument against John, but I yes. made an argument for John also because he's so effing good. Why did the man have to take some you sign test? Just knock it off, John.
0: Well, okay. Even if you do put John there, I yeah. don't see how D.C.'s not four or five. That's my point.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, the other two, the, the two that I find to be really interesting... Because I think you make arguments with this are both Anderson and Fedor. Because when Anderson at, Anderson fell
0: multiple tests. Out. Okay.
1: Hey, damn it. Well, so did John. So you have, you have to kick John also. Um, hold on. So Anderson and John uh, Anderson and Fedor they had this pinnacle that they reached right? right where they were they were felt like they were almost unbeatable for a relatively significant portion of the time where you felt like there's just no one touching them. Then after that they had, you know, you know, like Anderson Phil test, he lost a bunch of fights. Fedora lost a bunch of fights, and it's kinda of not I feel like it feels knocked him down a little bit on that mountain. But I mean, it felt like for a while that those two were totally unbeatable. So man, the the GOAT conversation is a really, really tough one.
0: Yeah, it is. Okay, so let's let's unpack the fight because there's so much to talk about yes. regarding the fight itself. Um, great fight back and forth. I was saying all week long, it was going the distance because they know each other so well. They're two Mm -hmm. very good fighters, excellent fighters. I didn't see a finish coming. And in the end, it goes the distance. But there were some um, really interesting moments. The one big takeaway that a lot of people said in terms of criticism of DC afterwards was he said, hey, bring your wrestling shoes, and he didn't do all that much wrestling, at yeah. least from our perspective. Now, obviously, like I was saying all week long, it's a lot easier said than done. You don't just yes. walk up to steep and take the guy down, right? Like the guy is able to keep you at bay and all this stuff. What did you think of the wrestling or perhaps lack thereof out of D.C.? Were you surprised yeah. there were so few takedown attempts, or is there more than meets the eye there?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I don't want to second guess Daniel. Or he, he's really smart. I, you know, he knows what he, why he did what he did, and maybe at some point he'll explain it more depth to us. Um, so the first, in the first round, he does that high, you know, head outside high single grabs it, dumps him, um, as Steve scrambled back up to his feet. And then he had him in for a headlock for a while. And I thought that was a really good sequence. Cause it said, Hey, yo, know, Hey, you gotta be ready for this. And then off of that was kind of what I expected also where he would step low and then come up and start swinging. Right. And he landed a handful of good punches over to say the next five minutes of the fight. And then obviously at the end of the second round, he got dropped. And then to me, it was like, that would have been a great time to go back to your wrestling, to try to get a few takedowns. And we didn't really see that in rounds three, four or five. And actually we saw CB do a really good job to get the underhooks and push. And you know, when that started in the third round, I thought, okay, well, this is great because daniel just got rocked in the end of the second, you know, he could just rest and not get beat up too bad, lose the third round and come back hard in the fourth and fifth is what I was hoping would happen. And then in the fourth or fifth, he didn't really try any takedowns. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, as a spectator, I was frustrated by that. I had a handful of people text me who were also frustrated, but I'm not, Daniel knows why Daniel did what he did, and I'm not going to second guess it.
0: You score the fight?
1: Uh, people got so mad at me. I was so biased. <laughs> I was just like praying that the judges were somehow going to see rounds <laughs> four and five for Daniel. And I know they're competitive, but yeah, it's probably more likely that Stipe won. I thought the scorecards were interesting because one judge gave him one. One judge gave him four, and one yeah, they judge were all gave him place. one and four.
0: Yeah, um, they were all over the place. Yeah. I scored it uh, first round DC. I feel like there's no, not a I lot agree. of debate to that one. I thought he was 15 seconds away from winning round two, but ultimately Agreed. lost round two, right? Yep. Got dropped. Uh, I thought round three was easy to score for Stipe. Agreed. And we'll get back to round three in a second. I thought DC won round four, and I thought he lost round five. So I had a yeah. three to two for Stipe.
1: So, I, I mean, I, I kind of had it all the way up, and then five, I think I was just praying and hoping that Daniel <laughs> won somehow, but I think... It, it was, was
0: close, but ultimately, was, I, I I thought Stipe did the more damage. It, I mean, it was it was basically a boxing match at that point.
1: Yeah, well, I, but Stipe did control the clinch, I mean, I, and I it think did. that was a factor. He, he, there was a significant portion of the fifth round, I, I would guess, without having any numbers in front of me, I would guess it was right around two minutes where Stipe was pushing Daniel against the cage. and. Um, you know, I what I kind of thought was maybe that Daniel was getting a little rest, will kind of explode out the cage, and then you know try to land some hard punches, and he didn't really do that, unfortunately. In
0: in the brief post fight interview that that uh, Daniel gave to Joe Rogan afterwards, he talked about the clinch and how he switched it up with the double underhooks. For mm-hmm. those that don't understand that, can you explain what the difference is, like what that adjustment really meant to the fight?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and this is. Yeah, I, I hate uh, Dale's such a good friend. I hate like second guessing a strategy, but you know he he was giving up the one underhook right, and he should have shut this one down by right by by sealing off and and being here. Um, and in MMA, it's really risky to try to for then Steve to try to dig the second underhook because if he tries digging this one and I'm locked down, then I can come back with an elbow or something and blast him right. Um. But Steve was able to get on that second arm and kind of control, and then push him against the cage. And getting out of a double underhook is not as simple of a task um, without giving up a takedown or giving up your back or something. It's, it's relatively difficult. So that was kind of why it took him so long to get off the cage in a lot of the circumstances.
0: Mm. You know, uh, look, I, I'm like you. Daniel's my friend. I think people yeah. know that now, and we're we're co-hosts. So it, I I don't think can I tell you? Can I be honest with you
1: right now? Yeah, of course.
0: I have never enjoyed a UFC card less than I did on Saturday. Really? Oh, my God. I had to go to the bathroom multiple times. I mean, I'm here in my, my house <laughs> by myself. I'm just being honest. TMI, yeah. I don't care. I had to go to the bathroom. Nervous wreck. Hands were sweaty. And it wasn't because I was rooting for him. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, knock that. Like, you just don't want him to get hurt. You don't want this, that. Sure, sure, um, sure. is the nicest guy. Like, I have, Stipe, yeah. You m- remember we did that trivia thing last year in Chicago? Yeah, in Stipe Chicago. was there. Huh? He won, like... I love A. He's a great firefighter. How could you not like the guy? Um, But I just, I didn't enjoy anything about that process. Um, And in the end, it ended up being a great fight. Although there were two moments there that made me kind of like cringe inside. Number one, Daniel eye pokes him. So then you Mm -hmm. see, because you know, all the people before the fight, oh, eye poke. I'm like, oh God, if he wins, people are going to blame it on the eye poke. This is horrible. Uh And then he gets eye poked even worse. And that's in the third round. And I hated that sequence at the end of the third, where he tells Mark Goddard that he got eye poked and Goddard says to him, go sit down. It was a punch. Now, credit to Mark Goddard, the referee who's one of the best in the game, afterwards apologized, uh, not only to Daniel in person, but publicly via Twitter. So he got that one wrong. Mm -hmm. But holy smokes, what a turnaround that was, right? Like how much stock do you put into the, the eye poke? Because worth noting, Daniel won the fourth round. The most impressive thing Daniel Cormier may have ever done in his career is not get knocked out in that fourth round because he couldn't see. Did you see that he was like blindly yeah. swinging and trying to like guess where the punch is? And he won that fourth round after that.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's man, being a referee is a tough job. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Props to him that he came out and said it. And thankfully, it didn't have more effect because say that happened with I think seven seconds left or something in the, yeah. in the third round. I mean, if it happens with two minutes left. Man, that, that, could, that could have ended up a lot different, right? Um, luckily, he, you know, he had his minute during the break to get his kind of wits about him and realize that you know, he couldn't really see. I did see some people arguing that his eye was closed from punches before that incident, but I, I couldn't really tell when I, when I went back to watch it. So um, either way, obviously, Daniel's eye was closed before the fifth round. Yeah, he, he did a great job playing those punches uh, in the fourth round. And, but that was – so if we go back to reasons to wrestle – the fact that you can't see punches coming from one side seems like another reason, like, well, dude, I better grab, grab a hold of this guy and take him down because I can't see anything coming from this side over here, um, which kind of leads you to, again, again, say, you know, well, why didn't he try to wrestle him a little bit more there?
0: Yeah, um, it, it, it was, like, I, I thought for sure, at that point considering how he looked i thought he was getting knocked out in the 4th just because he couldn't see the punches remember yeah. in the in the second round at the end stipe hit him in the left that's what yes. dana white was alluding to at the post fight press conference with that big right hook i yeah. think maybe 30 seconds left in that or more in that in that second round They might have stopped it, but DC did a great job of hanging on. Kudos to him. And I even thought that that third round was by far the worst one. And then it ends with the eye poke. The fact that he was able to survive in the fourth and then win that round, in my opinion, and then almost win in the fifth is truly amazing. Now, what about that short right that he kept landing? That was the one that he knocked Stipe out with in the first fight. And Stipe, all credit to him, he took those shots repeatedly. I mean, what a chin on Stipe, right?
1: Yeah, I, I I think that's a huge story. I think Daniel, as many times as he hit him hard, and it was a lot, Stipe's got a hard hat because he only wobbled a little bit once. And, th- right. and that was it. Everything else, I don't want to say it like he was unfazed, but, yeah, it, it didn't really phase him. Um, yeah, so I was really impressed by Stipe's ability to take the punch and kind of stay in there tight with Daniel and get to his underhooks and double underhooks eventually. And then also just, man, not being gun-shy. Usually when you get hit that hard, a lot of guys start getting gun-shy of being in that tight. And he, His boxing was so good, and he was – didn't seem to be all that affected by it
0: what about the cruel um of irony that if goddard sees the eye poke and asks the doctor to come in the cage and the doctor comes in the cage at the end of the third and asks daniel if he can see and he can't the fight gets called off now ultimately he loses right so yeah. it's like it's, but like could you imagine if the career would have ended like that
1: that would have been terrible so one of my friends who's an ophthalmologist and also a fight fan was like they should have stopped the fight. That was terrible. He was obviously couldn't see. Um, and listen, De- Daniel didn't want to go out that way. Like, that no. is not a way to end uh, his career. So I think I think if you asked him, and I'm not going to speak for him, I would say I'm very glad that fight got to end. I'm very glad I got to try to win the fight. Um, obviously, it sucks that I got eye poked. But I think it would have almost been worse had they ended it at the end of the third round on the eye poke.
0: Yeah, um what what about stipe in the sense okay we talked about the 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 underhooks and that adjustment we talked about him taking some incredible shots his hair is fantastic these days he's very lean he's rocking the skinny jeans i mean he stipe is blossoming right now in front of
1: us is he trying to be a movie star
0: i don't know but he's a very good looking man now with this hair and the glasses and everything what did he do well in there other than the things Or, or maybe that was it like what
1: impressed you about what he did in there well, I, my, I think we kind of covered it all. Yeah, okay. I, we, talk, we talked about the boxing, right? Yeah, His boxing was on point, really good combinations. Um, his wrestling was really good, right? He, he got up the one time he got taken down. He did a great job at controlling underhooks. And then we talked about how he, you know, never got, even the, despite the fact that he was getting hit pretty hard, he never got gun shy, right? He stayed right in there and kept landing his own combinations. Um, so, man, I, I thought he just did a great job. And obviously – You know, when you talk about heavyweight goats, we're talking about Daniel, but I think Sipe is, at this point, the greatest heavyweight of all time. Uh, I think it's probably pretty hard to argue against that, and I know what we're talking about later is he's got a lot of fun, in my opinion, fun challengers coming up. And, you know, if he makes it through kind of the murderer's row that might be coming at him over the course of the next, say, 12 to 18 months, I think he's really going to be, like, way up there on the mountaintop.
0: Okay, uh, I just want to ask you a couple more things before we get to that discussion. Have you ever been, seriously, eye-poked in a in a fight, in a match, something like that? Like yeah. That's one of the things that impresses me so much about you guys. How do you do that? If I would be in the corner crying, how do you come back and start fighting? Right? I mean, come um- on. Did you see that picture? Did you see how deep that thing was?
1: Yeah, that that was gross. So I probably, I poked worse in wrestling than MMA. And obviously wrestling, MMA, you can call timeout too, right? You can say, I got eye poked. And you get a few minutes and then, you know, it kind of starts coming back. I've never been eye poked so bad that I couldn't see for a really extended period of time like happened to Daniel. Um, And the only time in an MMA fight, uh, Lyman Good, his whole strategy was to eye gouge me when I was on top of him. Um, really? I I, yeah, 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 he was third ball, and I remember I got really pissed, and I freaking jammed my thumb into his eye because he kept doing it, and then I got <laughs> I got warned for it. And I'm like, oh, because every time I would go to pass his guard, my head would be this way, and the ref would be over here, and he would freaking eye gouge me really hard, and I got pissed, and I, I gouged him back, but it didn't really affect my for whatever reason, it didn't affect my vision at all.
0: Is there anything that, you know, I saw Teddy Atlas talk about it. I saw other people weigh in. I don't know how much they can do. It's MMA, right? You yeah, can't, you can't cover the hands. There's been, you know, there was talking, the pride gloves back in the day. I think Bellator has discussed this as well, like curving and the UFC has. But ultimately, I don't know if there's any way to curtail this. I don't know if there's any way to change it. As long as the fingers are free and they have to be for the grappling. Is there any way in your opinion that they could change this or at least improve
1: it? um yeah i i mean listen we've been we've been going at this for 20 plus years no no one's came up with a good answer so i don't want to say there's not a good answer but the good answer has evaded us uh to this point in time so yeah i I don't think so i think it's just part of the sport um i was actually i was on a podcast this morning with uh spartan up that uh joe decina he's pretty fantastic but they brought this up because obviously he has a wrestling background I again, by the way
0: again it's a if no one's listening it's a phone call it's not a podcast oh no.
1: my do you want to come down there to and beat you up you know who that is
0: <laughs> no i don't i'm sorry oh. is that bad is yeah. he a wrestler guy
1: no he he does the spartan race you ever heard of spartan races yeah he's the guy so that founded those I
0: do, so okay. i do one of those every morning here you know it's like come on
1: Errol, you haven't worked out in six months give me a break <laughs> okay <laughs> So
0: actually, go for a run every day. I just want to let you know. But go ahead. I thought you
1: weren't allowed outside your apartment.
0: Who says I'm not allowed? What are you talking about? Okay, hold on. In any of it.
1: So, so what we're talking about was right in Muay Thai. Right, a lot of people have their hands open because they can grab and hook and do this stuff. And but they have a glove on, right? So it's it's covered. And really, I think having your hands open is really effective because you can close them and punch, right, or you can grab. Or you can parry, right? You can do stuff with your hands. So, but really, what happens when people come in? When someone else comes in, they a lot of times they spear themselves on your finger. Um, and I just, yeah, I just don't. There, it's been 23 years since we started mixed martial arts. There has not been a good solution. I, if I had, was smart enough to think of a good solution for this, I would have made it, and I would have made a whole bunch of money off of it, and someone else would have, right? There's, there hasn't been a good solution. There's not a good solution. Maybe at some point in the future there will be, but for now, I don't see it. Is
0: Daniel Cormier done? Do you believe he is done?
1: Yeah, I think so. He's got a lot going on for him in life. Um, he's got a lot of things to enjoy. He's made a lot of money. I think he's wise enough to invest in it properly. Um, so yeah, I would say he's done. If he went out on top, if he would have won on Saturday night, I would have said there's probably a higher percent chance he comes back because maybe there's some chance that someone pays him mm-hmm. um, right a whole bunch of money to do some super fight me or maybe even a couple of years, right? Maybe, maybe Saturday night he won. and He said, I'm retired. And then, right. Someone else wins the belt and two years down the road, they'll say, what about Daniel? And Daniel comes back for a fight. Now it's like, I don't know. I, it's not as likely, not nearly as likely to me. I think John, a John Jones fight might bring him out of retirement. And that's about it. I think he's
0: done. I, I know he didn't have like the big to do with taking off his gloves and the cage and all that stuff. But I, I think there's nothing left for him to do. He's won the titles in both weight classes. He's 41. He said he wanted to be done at 40. Why stick around at this point? You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's something where like, yeah, sure you can stick around, but you get paid. But like, look at Fedor. I even feel like his legacy was heard. BJ Penn's legacy. was. Heard. Does Daniel want to be that guy who's getting flash knocked out in no. 35 seconds? He's not that guy. Right. And I'm not saying he's close to that happening because Cause, yeah. I mean, he just went toe to toe with the heavyweight champ. But at some point, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And very few fighters, let alone athletes, have been set up for the yes. future better than him. Right, with TV stuff and all the coaching, all the stuff that he does. The guy's good. He he proved this point. I don't think anything else needs to be proved in my opinion but you know can yeah. I just say this Ben shame on the people out there and I know this is like a um you know a, a useless thing to do but shame on those scumbags out there who I saw so many of them being like an eye for an eye oh he poked him he got poked back like first of all I don't believe for a second that Steve did that on that's purpose that's humanity
1: though that's, listen you can't, you can't hate the twitter trolls helwani
0: disgusting disgusting Come on. i don't think Steve did it on people, purpose people that's
1: humanity of course he didn't do it on purpose
0: Eye for an eye. Come on, get out of here. What is this talk? Is
1: this well, why saying, revel like, in that? I wouldn't say that, but that listen. Have you been on Twitter lately?
0: Yeah, but it's just like you're 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 rooting for a guy. I mean, that was a scary looking eye. He told me yeah. yesterday torn cornea. So that's a I mean, that's a very serious injury. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he makes a full recovery. But to root for that sort of thing, yeah, just absolutely disgusts me. So I think we both I agree. We both agree that he's done after this and he should be done. Yes. Um, he has nothing left to prove. Let's talk about Stipe because he does have more to do. First, we'll has, talk about the fact that, number has one- Has
1: Stipe ever said, I'm going to fight for X amount more time? I've never even heard it come up really, but he's not, he's not super young.
0: No, so what Stipe did was he, um, he actually said on Thursday of, of last week, at the press conference that he considers retirement after every single UFC fight. Really? So since his debut at UFC 136, he has considered <laughs> retirement, <laughs> but well, this time you don't around, really believe him. no, but, but this, but he didn't hint at it this time around. I actually feel like he's got a few more years left in him. I okay. think the reason why people always think that Stipe wants to retire is because he doesn't have a great relationship with the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't go out of their way to like, you know, overly shower him with praise and whatnot. But okay. Here's the, here's, here's the, the truth of the matter. Stipe holds a grudge against the UFC because he doesn't yes. like the contract that he signed after he beat Fabricio Verdum. He felt like he was pressured into signing this contract, and then when they, they tried to rework it, um, it didn't really go well. And then when he found out that Alistair made more money than him in Cleveland, it really pissed him off. And so remember, you know when he beats <laughs> when he beats Francis, Dana's trying to put the belt around him, and he takes the belt and gives it to his coach, Marcus yes. Marinelli. Like he, yeah. So, but part of this is like Stipe. As, as i think we've talked about in the past like he doesn't put himself out there like did you see him in the post fight press conference he was in great spirits he was cracking jokes like that's stipe but he yes. doesn't do a good enough job of putting himself out there so i think people yep. don't talk about him in the best light or at least get him the attention that he deserves but i agree with you there is no debate right now stipe is the best heavyweight ufc champ of all time right Correct. there's no one close randy yep. is number two but he is by really? far and away yeah who, who's I'm, number two i don't
1: know daniel
0: Here's my problem with da- the Daniel thing. Well, it's no, a weird thing. Daniel is right. one of the best fighters of all time, in my opinion, top five, but he just hasn't fought at heavyweight long enough.
1: No, sure. Well, how many in fights? UFC. I mean, Randy fought a lot at light heavyweight also.
0: In the U- so, Randy had – they. so, believe it or not, Stipe just tied Randy, I believe it was, for most wins in a UFC heavyweight title fight, I believe six.
1: Really? But that includes
0: that includes – Winning the belt and defending the belt. He has the most title defenses, four. The previous record was two.
1: Okay.
0: Don't get me wrong here. Daniel is top three or five, in my opinion, of all time. But he just wasn't in the heavyweight division. Had Kane not been mm. there and he stuck around, he would have been, in my opinion, the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. Do you yeah. get the distinction?
1: Yeah, no, no, I, I absolutely I agree with you. Yeah, it's really interesting that, man, Kane was looking like he was going to become the greatest of all yeah. time for a while also. I, I don't want to speak anymore because I, I feel like I'd have to go kind of look at all of their... Very specifically, UFC heavyweight careers. And, you know, I'd have to <laughs> think, oh, that was in Pride. Oh, that was in Strikeforce. So I don't want to mess up and misspeak here. Um, but, yeah. But I, I, I don't we, know if I you could say
0: he- greatest heavyweight period of all time.
1: We could say Steve Bitts, greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. I, yes. think, I think the argument for him being the greatest heavyweight of all time of any organization, I think that, that could be very easily made.
0: Yes, but I think Fedor still has to be considered.
1: Despite the fact that he lost so many times at the end of his career. I mean, how many times has he lost now?
0: Isn't that, the, isn't that the problem with the all-time debate?
1: Now yes. If you want to talk about – Because you've got to define it. You have to define what the right. argument actually is that you're making.
0: Right. And also, we're talking about a guy who's still in his prime and comparing him to a guy who is essentially done, right? It's, all, well, it's almost not well, fair.
1: No, but that's – Okay, so that's not fair because Stipe is now 37, right? And, yeah. and I realize everyone ages differently, but – uh, I believe Fedora started losing fights when he was 34. Let me see what his age is. Okay, Fedora was born in 1976. So in 2010, um, he was 30. He would have been 34. And he lost in 2010 to Fabrice Verdum. And he lost twice in 2011. So he would have been 34 and then 35 years old when he lost three fights in a row. Stipe is 37 years old. Mm. And then, like, you see, like, he lost to Antonio Silva. And then you look at what kind of drop off Antonio Silva and Dan Harrison had after that, and it's it's not great.
0: Stepan is you know it's the fight I, I've always wanted to see at heavyweight, like my dream heavyweight fight. What's that? Fedor versus Daniel. Really? Remember back in in, in the early days of Daniel's career, they called him Black Fedor.
1: <laughs> oh my God! I <laughs> thought of yes, I haven't thought about that in forever. Can I tell oh. you my favorite
0: thing about Saturday, with Daniel? That's funny. When he pulls the pants over his stomach, I just—why does he that. do
1: that? That's such I, an old guy thing to do.
0: He goes so high. Why does he go so high with it?
1: Are you, have you asked him that? I, I would—I would be so curious to hear his answer. I mean, goes, I do not have the greatest physique ever. Yeah. Uh, and listen, you just gotta get out there, and you gotta admit it. You gotta put the belt line where the belt line goes. I don't—I don't know what he's thinking there. Maybe it's—I just love how
0: proud he is. He is not ashamed of it at all. He loves wow. everything about it. Yes. Just
1: pulls it up there.
0: And we know what he's doing. And for some reason, we love him for it. Anyway, I want to see Fedor versus – or I wanted to see Fedor versus uh, St- uh, versus um, Daniel. Daniel,
1: uh, that would be awesome. In their, prime. In, their prime. in their prime.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Fedor in his prime. Daniel in his prime. Who wins?
1: Oh, prob- probably Daniel. MMA has just evolved a really long way um, since – I mean, right? I talked about Fedor loss in 2010, 2011. Um, that seems like, in MMA years, that seems like generations ago for me. Um, Kane, man, he was on such a run at the I beginning know. of his career. Uh, obviously, he lost to, J- to JDS, but then he came back and beat him twice. And for you know him, he just couldn't stay healthy. He had so many injury issues. And you know, obviously, he kind of fell off at the end of his year. But he, you know, the other thing about, he only ended with three losses. So he was one of those guys that I would say kind of retired on time. You know, he didn't keep coming back and taking L's like some guys do.
0: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about Stipe. Let's talk about John Jones. Let's talk about Francis Ngannou. There's John Jones right after the fight, tweeting up a storm, saying how he likes what he sees. He can fight Stipe two things on this in my opinion number one i believe part of that was kicking daniel while he was down i think he was saying i could do what you could do better right i am i'm i'm a better heavyweight than you i could beat the guy that can't beat you or that you can't beat excuse me i think there's part of it and i also think part of it is him trying to like drum up some attention for the move up to heavyweight which he's been talking about for two years two years if if not more
1: i feel like nine years or something (laughs)
0: Do you want to see? Do you want to see? And do you think the UFC should try to book Steve Bay versus John Jones? What do you make of this?
1: Um. Okay. So I, I said I would have been more excited for John to do it earlier. And I always felt like there was this almost inevitability to it. Uh, when did John win the title? 2011. I feel like somewhere around there.
0: When did he win the title initially? For the first time. Yeah. 2011
1: March. 2011. Okay. So. I always felt like there was this inevitability. He was so young that he was going to grow into a heavyweight for sure. His brothers are gigantic, right? I always thought there was that. And then at that point, there was a huge amount of interest in it. And for a long time, there wasn't. He just never pulled the trigger. I never got it because like Bay weighed in at 233. And it's not like he was cutting weight to get to 233. He just got on the scale. That was what he weighed, right? John's going to weigh 220, 225. I mean, they're going to be very similar size. Bay is not much bigger than John. Um, so yeah, I think he can move up, but at this point, and this kind of, I mentioned this to you, I don't know if it was on text or what it was. I feel like the heavyweight division is jammed and and you have, obviously Francis is going to be next. Dan Dan has already said that that's for sure. Um, but then it's like Derek Lewis is on a nice run. Really nice run. Um, is on a really nice run. And you know, I, I understand that what you're saying. You can make a couple of these guys fight each other. Curtis blades is on a really nice run. So you have four guys who are on really nice runs. And I understand you can make some of them fight each other and you're probably going to have to. But one thing I always think about is, like, you never want to kill a contender. Mm. Right? If you got someone who you think can sell some pay-per-views and he's going to be a good contender, you don't want to kill the contenders. So it's like, I feel like those guys, there's a lot of good stories there. Now, you're going to have to kill a couple of them, probably, right? So you're going to go Francis versus Stipe next. Then then are you really going to make all these guys fight each other just to get John Jones a, a title shot? Or are you going to go, you know, Francis next then make one of those guys fight three other three guys fight each other and then give them the next shot which is then going to keep Stipe really busy right because if Stepe says I'm not fighting for another 9 months oh man that that that's going to hurt the division right you want to run Stipe back out there as soon as you can
0: i i just I don't like the idea of leapfrogging Francis. I think it's unfair to the guy. He has done everything asked of him. He had the one fight against Stipe, lost it, obviously. Then he comes back against Derek Lewis, was a shell of his of self. But then, ever since then, all he's doing is knocking people out in seconds, literally seconds, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I think Francis versus Stipe is the fight to make. It's an exciting fight. It's an interesting fight. And oh, by the way, if we're going to include John in this, I want to see John versus Dominic Reyes too. I feel like that's the fight to make it light heavyweight. I thought Dominic won that fight. I've said it a million times. I think that's a really interesting fight. If John could get by Dominic, all right, now we could talk about you fighting the winner of Francis versus Tipe. But the idea of leapfrogging Francis yeah. doesn't sit well.
1: Da- Dang. Errol, I didn't realize how fast. I just went and looked at uh, Francis. He has four knockouts in a total of two minutes and 42 seconds.
0: Yeah, it's insane. What Against really good guys. Jorginho. Yeah,
1: Two former champions, JDS you, and Kane.
0: Yeah, no, come on, it's 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 ludicrous. And you know, credit to Dana, he said wow. Francis is next. But do you think that they're going to even, you know, entertain this? I John? think they're going.
1: No, I think they're going Francis next. I think Francis is very. They, they know that Francis is going to be very marketable. They want to put him out there. Um, and John has been a pain in the UFC's ass for for, for quite a while. And we know Dana is not like rewarding that. So I see Francis get it, getting the title shot. I think they run John out there against someone else at light heavyweight. I think they then match up, um, you know, one of the two. So you got Rosenstrike, Blades, and Lewis. You match those guys up somehow. Um, And then you have John winning another UFC light heavyweight title, likely. You have a winner of that fight, and you pick the most remarkable one, and you make that the fight after Francis Stipe.
0: You know what you do with those guys that you just mentioned? What? You do Strike versus Blades. Okay. okay. And I mean, then you do Derek Lewis versus, if he wins, Alistair Overeem, who's fighting in less than a month.
1: I'm good. Hey, they haven't never fought, correct?
0: They've never fought. Uh, the two guys that he has never fought, Derek, that I really want to see him fight Overeem and Blades. Now, Blades really wants Derek, but the yes. problem with that is if you do Derek versus um, Blades You've seen... and Overeem wins, we just saw Rosenstrike versus Overeem. Yeah. Now, I guess we you can run aback- it back. again.
1: Man, nah, we just kind of saw it. You know, we yeah, just, it we wasn't. It. Yeah,
0: so so that's why I would do uh, Rosenstrike versus Blades and Derek like versus the winner of the Overeem Augustus Sakai fight that's coming up in early September. Boom! Now you got your top contenders. You got Francis for. I disagree with you. I don't think heavyweight's a mess. I actually think it's really interesting and very clear cut at this point. Well,
1: but the point, but the thing is, you got to get Bay to agree to come back yeah
0: quickly. we can't have a year between fights i mean last time he had no. the eye injury so it was understandable yeah. but
1: yeah, well how long i mean honestly if i'm if i'm dana i want steve back in three months i want to freaking give him two weeks to get healthy i want to give him 10 weeks to train and i want to roll him back out against uh francis and ganu um and if december i pay
0: pay-per-view because they're booked all the yeah. way up until november at this point so december would be the first option
1: okay so Dece- that's, that's four months i'm, I'm good yeah. with that yeah let's do it me you should be matchmakers, Helwani. Listen, I I think that, you know, if it's up to me, I think that we can, you know,
0: really do some big business for the company. But I don't know Absolutely. if we're getting the first call. You think we'll get a call? I don't think we're getting a call.
1: Uh, yeah, I think you're Dan's favorite guy ever.
0: Okay. I think if DC was on the other end of that microphone, <laughs> we might have a better chance. You and me, zero chance. Um, uh, th- okay, true or false. John Jones fights at heavyweight before he retires, period.
1: Uh, man, I'm not sold. No, I'm not. I I think, well, I'm going to say it's a coin flip. Say it's it, it, it was a
0: true or false question. It's not a coin flip question. It has to be a true or false answer.
1: <laughs> um, we'll say, oh, this is a tough one. This is so hard. I'm going to say true. Really? <laughs> I'm not very good. No, I think it's a coin flip. I just told you that. <laughs> I think they're giving Francis the shot. I think. John was maybe motivated in the moment to say that. I think you're probably right about kicking Daniel when he's down a little bit. Um, And I think the other thing that John tries doing frequently is, and this is, it's a very effective tactic, actually. If you can get the fans around an idea, Dana's way more likely to come around. right? right? If you get the fans first, I mean, honestly, that was what pushed me so hard. I went on JRE podcast and, you know, I had this fan momentum and they kept pushing really hard. And that was that was probably one of the main reasons it happened. If if it's not for that, that my trade doesn't happen, right? And that's and John knows that, and I've seen John try to use that many other times against the UFC as a tactic, and it works.
0: Hmm. I don't know if it's going to work this particular time. I think there was a time so. to make John at heavyweight a couple months ago when they were trying to figure things out. But I'll say beat Dominic, and then we could talk about moving up.
1: Well, that the fight is not scheduled, correct?
0: No, 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 it's
1: not no, cultural. Yeah. And there's
0: also Jan Blachowicz out there who kind of has the same things too.
1: Yeah, I, I'm in for the rematch of John versus uh, John versus Reyes. But the light heavyweight division is—I mean, I don't want these guys all to get mad at me, but I, I'm not all that excited right now about the UFC light heavyweight division. I'm way, when we talk about heavyweight, that's heavyweight's way more exciting to me. And I remember one at one point in time, light heavyweight was the most exciting division in the game. And sure. Now. I, maybe it's because they're all foreigners. I mean, there's so many foreigners in the division, right? And I just don't know them as well. Uh, I don't know what you know when you go block with. Uh, I'm gonna, mess but, I mean, up, forget right? about Echazhkov, all that race. Is... Rakit, Krylov, Serkanov, they're all foreigners.
0: Oh, stop it. What does that have to do with anything? Don't be one I'm just of those saying, guys. like,
1: I don't maybe because I don't know them from wrestling in college, or there's just for some reason I don't have as much interest. And I can't tell you exactly.
0: Wait, why. you're one of those guys who only likes uh, American born fighters?
1: No. You no, know. i mean I don't know, I'm, I'm just trying to explain okay, listen, here's what I'm, I'm trying to explain to you why i don't have as so much interest i can't tell you exactly why it is and i thought it's hey, such a bizarre a... take
0: from a guy who's wrestled internationally his entire life
1: but i would i, I love international uh, so like internationally it's really hard to follow guys and so like yeah. my top 20 are probably domestic guys right u.s guys and then after that i'll i'll follow some international well, guys but you're just
0: biased i believe that's called uh ethnocentric is that what the uh, term
1: is no, there's another word for it, too, where you're scared of foreigners. But that's definitely not the case. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: well, Alexander Rakich is fighting Anthony Smith in the main event. We found that out on yes. Saturday. It's going to be a three-round uh, main event because it's a short-notice fight. So we Okay, so we agree on that. We want to see the Reyes fight. We want to see the Francis and Ganu fight. Uh, Jarzinho is back to being a player. Nice win for him over a junior yes. on uh, Saturday. I loved when he uh, had his arm around Junior uh, dos santos now let us yeah. talk about Sugar sean o'malley Uh-oh. he loses his first pro fight to cheeto vera the shades of that michael chandler fight a couple years ago against brent Primus, when he was uh, mm-hmm. kicked in the calf and things got messed up so can you break this you've been in there what happened there because i see some people saying oh sean just hurt himself i see some people not giving cheeto credit i see some people yeah. giving cheeto credit from your perspective what happened there with that lower leg slash ankle slash calf
1: well i actually made i made this i made this th- tweet yesterday and i don't know people were trying to make fun of me but i they can go f themselves okay the calf kick wasn't hell wanting back me up the calf kick wasn't really a thing for a very long time in mixed martial arts Mm -hmm. it's a thing now like how many times did you see calf kicks on on saturday night and the is a crap ton it turns out that they're very effective it almost it's becoming that they're more prevalent than like a regular leg kick which would be above the knee um and now we've seen this like you brought up right dj mighty mouse I'm sorry, DJ, Henry, Michael, Chandler, Brent Primus, this fight. It's been very effective. I guess it kills that nerve or something. You know, I would have thought that was fake news. You told me that, that before I told you it was fake news. But it's a thing. It, it kills that nerve. It makes the guy wobble. If you watch all three of those fights, it looks the exact same, how the guy, the, the guy who gets so, kicked so kind of rolls right? over. It's
0: almost like a delayed reaction. Yes, it's weird,
1: really weird.
0: Ever, ever happened to you? You ever feel never that? never
1: happened to me. So, I, you know, that's why I said I would have told you it was fake news. Uh, but it's very clearly not. And it never happened to me, so I can't comment on how it feels or anything like that. But it seems to be really, really effective.
0: I feel like this would be a kick that you would have thrown a lot in your career because, like, you don't really have, like, the, the ups with, you know, like, just yeah. a nice little calf kick is takes a lot less athleticism.
1: I can't ever recall Duke. And I was at Duke's for – Six years. I don't ever recall Duke. And this is what I'm saying. It's not, it hasn't been prevalent until now. I don't recall Duke ever teaching a calf kick, ever. We did a lot of leg kicks. We did some like foot sweeping motions where you, know, you kick a little slower, and if you see that they're blocking wrong, you, you sweep the foot. Um, but I don't remember him ever teaching us to specifically target you know, right where they're targeting, which is kind of the lower calf.
0: Interesting. Yeah, um, but I mean,
1: was it, a thing? it wasn't a thing, say, 10 years sure. ago or five years ago. Like,
0: I wonder who made, started it. Or who 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 that if you kick someone in yeah. their calf, that the leg just becomes like a noodle.
1: Well, the other thing is, it's um, it seems as though it's like it's a little quicker to get there because you're covering a shorter distance, um, and it seems to be also that you don't have to throw it with nearly as much force, right? You can throw it kind of like with your lead foot as opposed to your back foot, and throw it like a, with a little less force, and it still has the same effect. Um, you know, one guy I remember throwing, I remember throwing it, and. It would, I could be told. I remember Benson Harrison throwing it, and it feels like it was a long time ago. Mm. Back yeah. in his
0: like, WC slash no, UFC no, days. no, no, no,
1: no. Well, I'm talking like five, year, five years ago. Okay. Something like that. It feels like he was throwing it, but I could be wrong on that. Um, yeah, but it, it's a thing now. I mean, I, I, we saw it in like probably four or five fights on, on Saturday night. I think it's really effective. I think it's hard. It's really hard to check because obviously when you check a kick, you want to check with like your upper thigh here, but if they're kicking low... There's no way to get that upper part of your leg down there. So, and like I said, it's quicker because it's a shorter distance. It doesn't seem that you have to throw it the same force. So, it seems to be like a really effective tool. Do
0: you agree with me when I say this? To take this victory away from Cheeto, to say that he didn't cause the injury is hogwash? Like, that is completely unfair, right? He did that Yeah,
1: it's crap. It's crap. Fighting's fighting. You win, you lose. Deal with it. But it wasn't –
0: it's not a freak injury. He did that to him. He kicked him, and that led to the –
1: even if it was a freak, say uh, Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman, where he checks the kick and he snaps the leg, like sure. how, what, what percentage of the time is the leg going to snap? And the answer right. is like 0.002, right? You still can't take that away from him. It's fighting. It happens, right? When we go in the cage, we know that there's infinite amount of possibilities that can happen, and we accept the result. So, no, uh, I think you got to get Cheeto Vera credit for sure.
0: What do you think of the stoppage?
1: i thought it was a real it was a little bit quick but i think it was the right one seeing as though o'malley um didn't really protest it whatsoever yeah he kind of he kind of he wanted us to be out of there um for whatever reason um his mind was
0: we know the reason he was probably in a lot of pain
1: helwani it's a fist fight why is he? deal with that (laughs) deal with that shit deal with it it's a fist fight I couldn't stand expect not to get hurt
0: no but i'm saying that's why he didn't protest you know sometimes when someone doesn't want to tap they're just like oh thank god no
1: well i'm saying he shouldn't have done that i'm saying it's a fist fight yes he was in pain obviously listen if you don't have the expectation that you're in pain when you get in a fist fight
0: i'm not saying he didn't but in that i think if he's not hurt if his leg isn't hurt he's protesting that stoppage if we're just okay look all right right, you know what i mean but there were other factors involved.
1: Yeah. I, to what that says to me, and then the fact that he let him cart him out, if they tried carting me out with an ankle injury, I would have fought, I would have fought someone over that. You ain't putting my, you're not putting my ass on a stretcher because I got an ankle injury. I got one on the good leg, and I'm going to hop all the way to the back. Leave me the F alone. Wow. So you, yeah, I, you took I that as a sign of up. weakness. Absolutely. Yeah. You think he needs to grow up? Hey, hey, listen, it's part, it's part of growing up. In life, you have failures. You have struggles. You're going to learn from them. He probably, you know, obviously he hasn't lost a fight to this point. So he probably hasn't experienced those really hard things. And, and then, and really at this point, embarrassment also, right? Cause he was building himself up and he got his ass kicked by Cheeto Vera. He's probably a little bit embarrassed by that as well. Hey, that's, that's part of it. Get, get up, rub some dirt on it, hop yourself to the back. Hey, you know, you got a coach, right? Macy Barber was tough enough. She put her arm around me and Mark and we hopped to the back and dude, she was in so much pain. She didn't need a stretcher, Right. If someone tries stretching me, I'm going to face shove them and get them out of my face. I'm going to hop to the back or crawl to the back or, you know, army crawl. To the... I'm going to get to the back without a damn stretcher. That was embarrassing.
0: Does this have anything to do with the fact that he left you on scene when you invited him to come film that thing? I feel like you're a little mad at the kid.
1: Um, I mean, no, he, you know, he, he just happens to have curly hair. I mean, he wouldn't be my first choice for uh, an estranged son, but he uh, wouldn't <laughs> No, You'd rather Chase oh well chase is great but you know there's other guys other guys also i would choose
0: sure so you're you're off the bandwagon
1: uh i don't know that i was ever on it wow um, do you,
0: you think he's all hype you, you don't think he has what it takes
1: i didn't say that um you know I mean? no i th- i think i think there's probably parts of him that are that are really great i think just just and listen i'm, I'm being very critical uh, right now right. Of course. i appreciate it um and I, it's my honest feelings um he bought into his own bullshit a little bit too much. Right. And you have to kind of tamper those expectations and you know what, hopefully this is a good learning lesson for him and he can say, okay, you know what? That wasn't great. I probably should have done this. I probably should have done that. And he learns from it and he gets back in the gym and he works hard and he, and he resurrects himself. And that that's going to be a great story if he does that. So no, no, I'm not saying he doesn't have what it takes. I am saying maybe, and this happens to a lot of young people. Maybe he believed his own hype just a little too much. Mm. Interesting.
0: Okay. Well, uh, regardless, we hope for a speedy recovery. I uh, spoke to a source close to him today, told me um, they took x-rays, no broken bones, fractures, but uh, in order to take MRI to see about ligaments and whatnot, they have to wait for the swelling. He's back home in Arizona, can't walk on it, obviously, so we'll see what the timetable is. They don't know yet. Um, that being said, let's give some respect to Cheeto Vera. Great win for him. That should be yeah. eight in a row for him. I thought he won against Song Dong, so I'll see. Yeah, uh, seriously, I'm, that was a bad decision. You yeah. know what I
1: actually loved about <laughs> I. You know what people like they commend me because that was a good sport uh, in the F and thing. Hmm. But you know what you don't see a lot in MMA. You don't see bad sportsmanship, and you know <laughs> when I see it, I kind of loved it. When Cheeto Vera got pissed when he got that bad decision, and he threw a fit. I was like, yes, I freaking love it. Like, I I don't know why I loved it. I I was immediately a fan of Cheeto Vera at that point in time. Um, I can't stand when two guys, like, they they allege that they hate each other and then they want to give hugs after the fight. I can't stand it. I really can't. And so, you know, I love that. Just, like, the honesty of Cheeto Vera's emotions, that he was so mad that he got robbed in that fight, And, and I did have him winning that fight, although it was competitive. I loved how pissed he got that. Uh, that made me a fan immediately.
0: I love Vera. I love his no nonsense attitude. And also, uh, he's a big fan of the show. So, uh, I love, him for that <laughs> as well. nice. uh, Daniel Pineda with a great win. Kai Kamaka with a great win. Vince Pichot with a great win. Mirab Dewali Really? Do you know who this man is yet? Can you give him some props last week? Wow. You didn't know who he was.
1: I listen, I'm honest. I didn't really know who he was. I was impressed. He fought hard. He looked good. Um, I was equally disappointed by John Dodson, who seemed content to. He seemed content to lose, right? He didn't really make any effort to show any sense of urgency and win the fight. But uh, Marab did a great job. Big fan. I read some other things on him. You know, after you brought him to my attention, um, seems like an awesome story and great dude. Foreigner,
0: um, you didn't know about him, kind of. I, d- I didn't. I don't yeah, know what yeah. to tell
1: you. I didn't know about him. Um, yeah, he did a great job. I liked him.
0: All right, that's two fifty-two. Have to talk about some other news and notes before we go uh, bye-bye here. Uh, number one, Max Roshkoff finally got released. Big oh, this to-do. was obvious. This, was, this obvious. was obvious.
1: Hell yes, this was obvious. Why? Because it's Dana.
0: Okay, but do you agree with it?
1: Uh, no, but I knew it was gonna happen. I knew Dana I knew was, it
0: was defending gonna... him at the post-fight presser. He was like, "If you yeah, are criticizing
1: yeah. him, uh, come on, dude, you because because he has to. Because if he says that guy's a whip, he's gonna get roasted." right so he has to he it's an obligatory thing um but if you didn't know that they were gonna cut max and listen i know max i worked out with him as he State. i really like max um a lot and you know what i if he wants to quit on his damn stool that's fine he could have easily just went out there shot a double leg, let the guy spin behind him and get choked out that would also have been probably a by the way, way if that him.
0: happens he doesn't get released you know that right what if he gets choked out or if he goes the distance know, yeah, and he doesn't get released isn't that crazy yeah. the fact that he wanted out the fact that he yeah. was honest with himself said yeah. okay let me ask you this you know him right you know him from back in the day yeah I keep hearing from people bit of a history has done this before is he that kind of guy is there a problem here with him does um, he have an, I, a heart issue
1: heart oh uh like not I, not I, literal
0: I, figurative
1: i think yeah i thought you'd be literal. um I would say that he is very emotional from, from what I I've worked out like five times right I, I don't okay. know him really well. It's seen, and just watching him compete also at the collegiate level. Um, it seems like he, he tends to let his emotions get the best of him sometimes yeah
0: mm. do you think that the UFC made a mistake because I feel like there's a great story here to be told look I'll be honest. I don't think he should have been released. I think it's a it's a slippery slope now because the next time a guy wants out, they're gonna think of Max Roshkoff and they're gonna think that they're gonna get fired because they just wanted out of a fist fight. Come on, it's a yeah. fist fight. You should be allowed to uh, to to ask out. By the way, sports but, but, center I,
1: I, I, Ariel, I said this right after the I said this right after the fight. I went up, Periscope. Dude, there's a lot of dudes like you said who just shoot a double, let the dude spin behind him and choke him out because they don't want to fight anymore. That that happens. I don't want to say all the time, but sure. More than not. Uh, more than none, I mean. Um, and so it's kind of like an unspoken way to do it. If you don't want to fight anymore, that there's a way to do it. And Max was the first person that we publicly saw say, listen, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm freaking tired. I'm out. No, Raquel Pennington said it. Did she?
0: Yeah. Against Amanda Nunez in a title fight.
1: And did it, what happened?
0: And they sent her out there mm, and she uh, got beat up and lost via TKO. Now maybe that's the difference. Ultimately but she, she went out. Yeah.
1: She didn't actually stop. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, I, you know, for me, that was like Dana, Dana is not going to accept this. Dana is, is going to cut him. Listen, Max is young, though. Max can go back to the regional circuit, win three or four fights, and they might let him come back. Should be a learning, learning, learning moment for him.
0: I just think what a great story for the next one. Like, I want to watch his next fight. I want to see if he perseveres. He was undefeated. Can't, like, if I'm another organization, a PFL, a Bellator, whatever, I sign him right away, and I turn this into a story. The yeah. Reclamation Project.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you could do that. And now that, you know, it's going to be a pretty big name, so it kind be smart for either Bellator or PFL to go ahead and sign him. Um, and you know what? The, I mean, the one part where I said they probably shouldn't have fired him, he was on 10 days' notice.
0: Less um,
1: five days. Five days, okay. But the other part was he should have came out there like a bat out of hell. If you're on five days' notice and, you you know, you can't go hard for 15 minutes, don't sprint for five and then, then be gassed, right? He could have taken that dude down and just like wrote rode him for a while, right? There and should then, be an
0: unspoken rule. You take a fight on short notice, you get a second fight with a full training cam.
1: I, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I would say that's fair, but I kind of knew that. Maybe
0: it should be a spoken rule. Maybe it should be a written rule. Maybe it should be in the contract. That's what I would do. If I were managing a guy, I'd say, all right, you want to take a five-day uh, notice fight? Put it in the, the contract we're getting a second fight win or lose
1: Errol, I don't think there's any contract on planet earth and MMA that guarantees MMA fighters anything. They're, they're all heavily skewed towards the organization.
0: Right. That is true.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Uh, another one I wanted to ask you about, it was officially announced on uh, Saturday. It's going down September 26th, just the second time in yeah. UFC history that two undefeated male fighters will uh, vie for a championship. The, uh, the first time of course, back when uh, Leona Machida and Rashad Evans fought at UFC 98, so 11 years ago. Izzy Costa, love this fight. Israel Adesanya against Paolo Costa. Who's your pick and
1: why? Uh, I'm so in for this. I think it's going to be awesome. I love uh, Adesanya. I love when he taunted him. There were two really good lines. He called them um, something Ricky Martin, and he called yes. him I think, uh, a balloon, stuffed balloon animal or something yes. like that. I thought that was very funny. Uh, I think it's going to be a good fight. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, I think the build is going to be outstanding. I think the fight's going to be outstanding. I'm in I'm in for it all. Who wins? I'm going to go out of Sanya, although I would say not like the John Jones or a coin flip. I'm more like I lean out of Sanya, but I'm not super shocked if uh Costa gets it done.
0: Really? How you, about you? you? Th- um, well, I don't make predictions cuz people get mad when you make predictions.
1: Well, why are you making me? <laughs> you give me all the heat. I love it. I love the heat.
0: Yeah, sure. You're not, you're not going to ask uh, Paulo Costa for an interview in five days. Yeah. You know, they, they, I don't know if you know this about fighters, but they get very mad when you pick against them. They're very sensitive. That's,
1: that's human beings. I yeah. do a wrestling show. Wrestling wrestlers are, I think, even more, more um, sensitive to those, those picking things. But it's like, listen, we're talking about this tournament. We obviously got to pick one person to be the champion. There's 20 guys in the bracket. There can only be one champion. We gotta pick a champion, otherwise their show is boring for all the fans. Yeah. And then they get mad at you for picking the other guy. It's like, well, there's only one of you out of twenty or whatever that's gonna get picked. Deal with it.
0: I'll say this. I think it's a good matchup for Izzy. I think he should be the favorite. I keep I keep seeing Verdum, stipe in my mind. Paulo coming out strong, Izzy on the back foot, knocking him out. I keep seeing that playing out for some reason. I can say that out. I
1: think it's a good pick. Coming
0: out very aggressive um but i don't know uh you know it's it's two undefeated guys but i I do think izzy is the better striker yeah um remember a lot of people including myself thought uh yoel beat paulo costa when they fought a year ago. actually a year ago today august 17th of last year
1: i I was gonna say that i mean the other the only part about costa that's questionable is that his record is not all that great um i mean you have a bunch of low-level guys you got a post you saw to johnny hendrix which is not all that good um Uriah Hall has always struggled against the the top, top tier of the division. And then Yo Romero, you know, a lot of people actually thought Romero won that fight. So that that would be the knock on Costa if there was one. But I think he's great. Um, I just don't think he's good enough to beat Adesanya. Uh,
0: Another big story last week, uh, Paige Van Zandt signs with bare-knuckle FC and not Bellator. I want to clear something up. They never really got far with Bellator. I think everyone thought she was going to go to Bellator because her husband, Austin Vanderford, fights for them and there was interest there. But I think the price tag was a little high for them. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve it. Uh, ultimately, she gets a multi-million dollar deal combined with, uh, with BKFC and thus puts her MMA career on pause. First in her prime, in his prime fighter to go from an MMA organization to this uh, BK... Prime i mean she's 25 like she's still okay let me ask you are you surprised or do you think this was a good move
1: i am surprised completely this has she never seen a bare knuckle fight
0: no i i think i don't understand the move i I think she i think bellator look i'm not gonna you
1: see jason knight's face
0: yes but here's my point yes yes but i don't like i don't like that talk because Paige. look look we can't say she's just a pretty face and then Put her well, down when she no, goes and fights, you know, in, in boxing or. I'm or not Baron saying not shit,
1: er- Errol. She was the one who claimed she makes more money on Instagram. She so what?
0: Say, her face looks like Jason. Nice. She ain't gonna make any money on Instagram. Yeah, but you can't put her. You, you can't blame. She her said for that. Saying, I know she did, but you can't blame her for saying that, and well, then stop blame using her. That as an argument. It's not an argument. She was just spitting facts. The point is, are you surprised <sighs> she's not going to Bellator and continuing her MMA career because the ground game was like if she had a forte, it was no the ground strategy. game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So are you surprised?
1: Uh, I don't know what to expect out of this lady anymore. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm being kind of mean. I don't know, but she has, she has lost three of four and four of six. She has not been good in, you know, and she, her wins are over Beck, Beck Rawlings and Rachel to who aren't exactly world beaters at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't like the decision at all. I mean, and then she's the one that keeps bringing up how much money she makes on Instagram. And, and I mean, you saw Jason Knight and, and Artem Lobov, and and, and it, I anyone else that watches that knows there's a lot of stitches done to the face. Um, I don't really like bare knuckle, and I love. I don't. Stores. Here's the like thing. Why do you need to have people cut on the face? Do we just need to see in gruesomeness? It's like uh, one championship does the Muay Thai with the four ounce gloves. Yeah, like. You could do boxing with four ounce gloves, for example. Now, that would be kind of exciting because you'd see more knockouts and you wouldn't have the goriness of 74 stitches in your face. I mean, I could, I could be in, I'd be, I would be way more in for that than seeing two dudes just trying to split each other's face open or two females just trying to split each other's face open. I, I just, I'm totally out.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I, I think I've only watched one uh, card of theirs, and that was the Polly one with uh, Arna. Can you believe Pauly lost? It's a, it's a,
1: so far- lost
0: <laughs> it's a surprising one, because I think that Bellator would have been a great fit for her. 125 is a division that they're really trying to build with Alimale McFarlane. I was surprised and I know that at the end of the day, you got to make your money and she felt like she wasn't making a lot of money, but I was surprised. I want to ask you about one more very quick one before we go. Habib speaks last week. Uh, Good to see him back out there talking about his dad, talking about the fight against Gaethje, but he did say one thing that I thought was very interesting. Hey, Connor, go fight Dustin. And then if you win, you could fight me. What happened to fighting 10 times? What happened to I'll never fight you? Now it's just fight one guy and you'll fight me. Should he be calling the shots like this? And do we put any stock into any of this?
1: i put stock into it because you know the UFC would make the fight if they can, right? right? You you know that. Um, And obviously what, what and who knows, maybe he said it fairly flippantly um, and he won't follow up with it, but he also probably knows that's his biggest money fight by far. If, you know, Khabib wins another fight, I'm sorry, if Connor wins another fight and fights Khabib, that's a, that's a big money fight. It's going to sell a lot of pay-per-views and he's going to, he knows he's probably going to make a lot of money.
0: That's why I never believed the whole go win 10 fights or yeah. I'm not going to fight you thing. Now it's not the one fight. Now it's just fight Dustin Poirier, who, by the way, I think ultimately Poirier fights Ferguson, maybe even in October. Um, so I don't know if that thing is happening anytime soon. But to me, it's just like, why are we even playing this game? Don't you want to make a lot of money? Like that, uh, isn't, yes. that, isn't that what this is all about? And especially the last time you fought him, it was a fairly, you know, Good night for you. You you lost that one round, but overall, it was great. Like you submitted yep. and you made a boatload of money, and uh, you became like this international superstar. Why yes. not do it again if they offered to? I don't get that. I, I agree, 100%. It's bizarre. In any yes. event. All right, two events this weekend. Coming up, we've got the, the UFC back with Frankie Edgar making his 135-pound debut. I feel like we've been talking about this forever. Yes, seriously. You know what I mean? Uh, against mm. Pedro Munoz, that's a really interesting fight. And uh, the return of Ryan Bader. Uh, going up against Vadim Nemkov, who is a protege of uh, Fyodor Emelianenko. Ryan Bader uh, returning to action to defend his light heavyweight title. It's been a while since he uh, has fought at light heavyweight. So I am looking forward to that as well. Ben, you're a mensch. Thank you. Oh, you got, a, you got something very quickly. Uh, you got a thing that you're launching today. Tell us about it. The yeah. Askren Mindset
1: asking mindset i launched a course on dealing with failure and adversity are you surprised I that i gave
0: you this opportunity to plug this on the fastest growing show at ESPN?
1: I, I, I appreciate that i did not you know i did not expect that out of you so I very it's very kind of you yeah it's on benaskin.com you can check it out it talks about dealing with failure and adversity something that everyone no matter how big no matter how uh we, t- you know, we talk about daniel people calling him a failure even though he's a multiple-time ufc champion everybody has to deal with it um I think I think because I failed a lot early, like really early in my life, I failed a lot. I think I learned how to deal with it very well. So when those failures came after I reached really high levels of success later in my life, it wasn't a shock to me. And I was uh, very good with dealing with it. So this is like you, like doing self-help stuff, videos, right? Um, well, so yeah, I, yeah, essentially, right. I, I think, so initially I thought it was the psychology of wrestling. Then it became mm-hmm. for me the psychology of combat sports. Then the psychology of athletics. And now I feel like Psychology, psychology. It can help. It can help you with anything, right? Any part of your life, business, entrepreneurship, uh, being a parent, being whatever. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I always thought I was gonna write a book. Is kind of where I thought I would go with it. And it turns out I suck at writing, but I'm relatively okay at talking. Um, and so, yeah, we made video courses. Uh, the first, the first section of it is, you know, how I think about success and failure and, and how I view that. The second portion is, you know, when you have the failure, adversity. What what are the different avenues I can take? And then the third portion, I talk about different points in my life when I had failure, adversity, and you know what were the routes I took to deal with them, and where I went from there.
0: AskrenMindset.com is where you Absolutely. can check that out. I wish I could relate to this. I mean, it's just been you know roses my entire life, but uh, I, I feel like there are people out there that could relate to the ups and well, downs.
1: Errol, you're one of the top MMA journalists, and and you know one of. Like- Well, you know, we we won't debate. We won't give you the GOAT status yet. And But you're up here. But people probably, they they don't recognize all the struggles you've had on your way up. And, you know, I've been following you for quite a while. So I know I can name a handful of them. But I'm sure you could name probably 20x past me. I mean, dare
0: I say there was a time where you were probably rooting for some of those struggles to be a lot more prevalent. (laughs) And look at us now. I
1: would never have done that.
0: Ever. Look at us now. I could have picked anyone to fill in today. And after those five people said, no, I picked you. Here you go. Just like that. Unbelievable. Uh, Thank you very much to Modelo. Uh, DC, if you're out there watching, we love you, buddy. Uh, yeah, take buddy. some time off. Hopefully you uh, you heal up very quickly. Stepe Miocic, congratulations. Incredible win. Incredible night. Incredible fight. One of my favorites of the year, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us will be talking about this one at the end of the year when we talk about the fights of the year. Uh, congrats to all the winners on Saturday, and uh, thanks to the team back there, TST, Corporate Jake, Sean, everyone who uh, make this all possible. Thanks to all of you for continuing to rate, download, subscribe, review, watch, all that stuff and more. Would you want to say something?
1: No, I was I was getting ready to say bye. Oh, peace. All right, oh, right, all right. I thought
0: you were saying one second. All right, we're out. Askin, Hawani, peace. We're out of here.
1: Peace.